start now. Yeah, ready? Shalom Aleichem. Shalom. Shalom. Speak Hebrew, English, what? English. <laughs> okay, English, okay. Okay, I will present myself, okay? English is not my mother tongue, okay? So no, be patient. Ours. I'm uh, struggling here. But, uh, oh, people coming. You ate good? It was good sushi? Yeah? Yeah, perfect. Okay. That's the most important part. Right? Okay. Great. This is so official with this. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, see me okay? Yeah. Okay. Now we start. Okay. Shalom. Welcome, everyone. Very happy to be here with you. My name is Yonatan Gal-Ed. Don't know if you heard about me or not. I will tell you a little bit about me, okay? Um, so, I'm Israeli. I'm from Jerusalem, okay? I was born here in Jerusalem. And, uh, well, I wasn't born with so much hair and all this. <laughs> I hope no baby is born like this. Yeah, it's, it's too much, yeah? But um, my background, a little bit. I was an officer in the IDF uh, for four years, yes? I also was an activist, a leftist oh. activist of Meretz, if you know what oh, is Meretz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something left. Zecher Lachorban. I had long hair. What? How did they arrive? Yeah. Ah, you know, I told the story. This is not the person. In a few words. Okay. So, my, my parents are from South America. My mother from Argentina. My father from Brazil. And the family are uh, actually Jews that ran away from the Holocaust. The survivors of the Holocaust, they uh, went to South America. And they arrived in Israel. And they met here in Tel Aviv, actually. And I was born. And then they moved to Jerusalem. And I was born, actually, in Jerusalem. And a secular family. I didn't know nothing about Judaism. We can say it like Zionism. We can say that I knew pretty good. But uh, Judaism... Not too much, not too much. And actually, as an activist in Meretz, if you know what Meretz is, someone doesn't know? He doesn't, you don't know? Yeah, okay. Political parties in Israel. Meretz is a very leftist uh, party. They're very anti-religious, uh, religious people. And uh, today there's like people fighting who is more anti-religious, yeah? So it's, uh, <laughs> then it was the only one, and I was there. Um, Okay, so I was an officer in the army for years, and something really important, but we have the camera here, so <laughs> after, the, after the camera. And in a certain point in my life, seeing all kinds of things in the army, and realizing that uh, the peace that I was so hoping to have with our neighbors is still pretty far away, because uh, when you're inside and you know all kind of things that people outside don't know, then you realize that things are not exactly as you thought. And it was very hard for me to accept that. And a few things that happened made me decide that I'm leaving the army, because I signed for many years more. You know, a normal guy in Israel serves three years, and then that's it. I was serving four years, because I was an officer. And and then I decided not only to leave the army, but also to leave Israel, completely. And I went to Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Why? It's a long story. I like the sheep. Uh, not in that way, like, generally, yeah. And uh, because also I'm a redhead, 
as I see redheads in the audience. Uh, I was bullied a lot as a child for being a redhead, the only redhead in school. So I said, in Scotland, like everybody's redheaded, so I'm coming home. It's like no one, will, no one will notice me, and it was good. So Scotland was amazing. Only the thing that men go with skirts, so but uh, you know, because I'm not into this stuff, I'm killed. But it was very special, and I had a spiritual journey there, actually. I was running away from my identity, and it found me there, exactly, in uh, between the, the Scotsmen's, the sheep. Uh, very, very interesting story. It's a story of an hour and a half, it's not for now. But I've been through a lot, been searching a lot, learning a lot. Uh, my dream was to be a physicist, physics, yes, to be a little Albert Einstein. So uh, that was my dream, but things changed and uh, for the best. And actually I came back to Israel, very proud of my identity as a Jew, and started learning more and more and more. And now here I am today. I give lectures around the world, especially in Spanish, in Hebrew, also English. And uh, it's very amazing to meet people like you that take their time to come in a cold day like this. You know, all the presidents went to Jerusalem. I came from Jerusalem. It's amazing. So I want to share with you something that is so powerful that, that can change our lives. Because, you know, everybody's struggling. Everybody is going through all kinds of things in life. Uh, each and every person has his struggles. We have a lot of questions, right? And there's so many ways. Everybody promises us he's got the, real, the right way to so many religions, so many tactics. There's so many, you know, psychology. You've got NLP, you've got CBT. There's so many things today that say they will help you. And they help. I don't say not. But in a certain point you feel that something's missing. You don't feel uh, complete. It's always, you know, in, at night when you're alone. After a good party, suddenly everything goes down. Why? I just had fun. Really? I had fun. I, you know, I'm Tel Aviv here and there. When you're alone, suddenly um, there's this feeling that I'm missing something. What is it that we're missing? So, I will start with a little joke that has a message, okay? Uh, there was this young lady, a bachelorette, you said, right? Yeah, bachelorette. Uh, she couldn't find a soulmate. She was searching for a soulmate for years. She couldn't find it. Why? She was Mrs. Perfect, I'm telling you. She was gorgeous, she was smart, a good family, uh, she had good grades, everything. What was wrong? The problem was that when she opened her mouth to speak, the, the room was getting filled up with kind of a perfume of raw onions. <laughs> That's a real story. Yeah. Relax, it's got a good ending. Raw onions. From her breath, yeah. Now, it's not that she ate onions. It was natural. She had the smell of raw onions, just cut, ready to fry. Now you know when you meet a guy, the onions, there's a big party there with the onions. The guy can't hold his breath. She couldn't find a, no one. And the years pass and she's like, what's, what's going on? What am I going to do? So a friend told her, there's a shatchanit. You know what's shatchanit? Matchmaker. 
There's an expert matchmaker. She can find a soulmate to anyone. If she can't find it, she creates him. I don't know if it makes a golem. I don't know. She, she's a perfect. She's amazing. Okay. So she said, I won't go see her because of the onion smell. I will call her. You but know, she knew the about it? What? She knew about it? No, she will, we will tell her. Listen, she calls the matchmaker. Hello, yes, hello. My name is this and that. I'm like this, I'm like that. I have good grades, I'm from this family. She tells her all the details. So the matchmaker says, you're perfect. You were supposed to be married like 10 times, like Shalom, but you have the potential to be married, you know? I said, yeah, but there's the problem. Now she's telling her. What's the problem? Onions. What onions? Ah, smell of onions. She says, don't, don't eat onions. No, you don't understand. It's, it's natural. I don't know why. It's something mystical. I don't know. I have a breath of onions. The matchmaker was in shock. Like, I never heard something like that. Like, this, this is new for me. What? Okay, don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, I'll think about something, okay? Uh, yeah, don't worry. What do I do with the onions? What do I do? She said, we'll pray. Oh, we'll pray. Please, Lord, help me. Well, what's going on here? How do I, what do I do with this girl? You won't believe it. The next day, knocking on her door, Mr. Gorgeous. Mr. Perfect is there. You know, come, John Travolta. Yeah, he's coming. <laughs> with his hair, everything. Matchmaker, I'm looking for a soulmate. Okay, tell me about yourself a little bit. He tells her, I'm like this and like that. This family. You're amazing. You should have been married also for 10 times at least. So what's going on? Oh, I've got a problem. What's the problem? I don't have a sense of smell. Ah. <laughs> oh, Hashem, amazing, I'm so happy. I said, what are you happy? This is terrible. Every girl I go out with, we get serious. I tell her that, and she said, I don't want you. What? I want to have a nice perfume. You want to be able to smell it. I want to cook this uh, soup that my grandmother taught me. You want to smell it? I don't want someone. I don't want something like, someone like that. I want to appreciate my work of art. I don't know what to do. So don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Everything's okay. Let me do a few phone calls and we'll get. We'll, we'll arrange that. Okay. She calls the girl. She said, "I've got this guy. This and that." But she doesn't tell her he's got this defect. Okay, because she won't probably won't. Uh, be able to prepare soup. She, she doesn't tell him. You're interested? Yes, sounds perfect. Okay. She asks him, you want this perfect girl? Doesn't tell her about the onions? You want? Yes. And they meet. They meet. And it was amazing. They met in a restaurant. From the smell of onions, everybody ran away. So it was very romantic. There were just two of them. Everybody went out. It was amazing. They could get to know each other. Excellent. And you won't believe it. The first meeting, they decided this is, is a match. Made in heaven. We want to get married, like Satmer. One time, and they get married. It's amazing, yeah. And they got married. And everything was amazing. Now, the matchmaker, you know, matchmakers go to a lot of weddings to receive the checks. So, a few, I don't know, a year later, this matchmaker goes to the, to a certain wedding, and she meets the guy. That is, the, it's already a husband now for a year. She sees him, he says, oh, hello, my friend, how are you? How is everything? He says, I don't know how to thank you. You sent me an angel from heaven. I know, it's touching. You sent me an angel from heaven. I don't know how to thank you. She's amazing. She's the woman of my dreams. I, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, but there is the problem. What, what, with, with, with the onion? You said, what? No, what, what problem? What problem? I'll tell you, there's something wrong. If there's a problem, 
What's wrong? I don't know what to tell you, but every time we sit together to have a little chat, when she opens her mouth, I start to cry. Oh. <laughs> okay. The onions are still there. Okay, what do I want to tell you in this story? There are hidden things in life. Things that you can't understand. Some people need to, you know, analyze it a little bit. A lot of time we cry and we don't know why. Something is annoying us. Something is getting to us. There's an onion there. The onion is something very interesting. You know, an onion is something very interesting. Take any vegetable you want, like most of them. The onion's got layers, right? You need to peel a layer, another layer, another layer. Life is like that. You need to peel the layers to get to the bottom of things. We want to know what are the things that are touching us, that are annoying us, that make us feel sad, that make us feel angry. So I want to ask you a question, if you will. But first, I want to say, we're doing this class, Leilui Nishmat, of Lev Arye Ben Mordechai. That we're dedicating the class for elevating his soul and the Lord Hashem sending him light. So this is very important. Lev Arye Ben Mordechai. So I want to ask you a question. And feel free to answer. I don't bite. Everything's good. I want, want to ask you a question. A very important question. And let's see, with that, there's something very interesting. Who here believes that things happen for a reason? You can raise your hand. Okay, I'm going home, thank you very much. <laughs> you too, my friend? You too? Ah, okay, everybody. You too, lady? Someone not? Who doesn't believe that things happen for a reason? Anybody's got another answer? Who thinks things happen for a good reason? Let's see. Oh, things are getting uh, more complicated. We've yeah, got... Cameras. What do you say? Yeah. Yes? 50-50? Yeah, okay, who thinks not? Things don't happen for a good reason? Sometimes for the right reason. Sometimes for the wrong, for the wrong reason? No. Right reason? Okay, great. Right. Also, maybe you know it, but you don't feel it. Okay, but so you say it's for a good reason, but maybe I don't understand it. Yeah. Okay, someone thinks, my friend, uh, what's your name? Hey, buddy? Gadi. Gadi? Do you think, you think that sometimes things happen for a bad reason? It looks like. It looks like, oh, that's my question. It looks like, ah, but maybe inside it's for the good, it's for the best. Maybe. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, I also hope so. <laughs> Okay, okay, great, great. So we see we, we, we're on the same page. That's good. Okay. So, very good. And, okay, so with this information that we got here, the majority, we can say everyone here, thinks, thinks that things happen for a reason. Not everybody thinks like that. So you're already on a spiritual level. That's amazing. Now, if you really believe in that, so my next question is, for each and every one of you, things happen for a reason? We said yes. 
most of us said for a good reason. Some says eh, maybe it's uh, there's a little disguise there that it's bad, but actually it's for good. Does someone here ever gets angry yeah. or sad? Yeah. No. no one. You never. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. Sad. A little bit. Yeah. Both. Depressed. No. Yeah. Someone. You got one that no. This is happy. This is good. But most of us, yes. 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 Get really angry sometimes. When we drive. Yeah. When you drive yeah. in Israel, especially, right? There's no place in the world when you when you can drive in Israel like in Israel and be relaxed. It's uh, yeah, it's really scary. Okay, so I feel a little a little bit of contradiction here. If we say we believe or we feel or we think that things happen for a reason, why do we get mad? Why do we get sad? So Gadi, I can understand him. He said it that it comes with the wrong package. Uh, things doesn't look good, that's annoying me, but inside I know it's good. So, uh, right? So I can understand why someone can get sad. But if we think about it, if after all everything, even the things that look bad, are for a good reason, why do I get sad? Why do I get depressed? Why do I get angry? When, when someone cuts me off, you know, in the street, uh, my mouth starts blessing his ancestors. <laughs> blessing, yeah? In Israel especially, in Hebrew. Why is that? So here we have a problem. We say that we think like that, we believe that, but reality shows that we behave the opposite. <laughs> I believe it's all for the best, so why you get angry? Why you get depressed? Uh, so maybe we don't believe it so much, or it's not allowed enough to believe it. Uh, you know, a few hundred years ago, you heard about the Baal Shem Tov? Yeah. He was a huge spiritual guide, thinker, and he, he made a revolution, a spiritual revolution in Judaism. And there was this young guy that got married, recently married, and he was living in the house of his father-in-law that was paying all the bills, and he was learning. And one day he heard about a student of the Baal Shem Tov, is teaching in a very far place, is teaching Hasidut, what is called Hasidut, it's the, the part more interior part of the Torah, and it sounded really, really something interesting, mystical, high. So he asked the permission of his father in law that he wants to go learn there. Okay, how many times a week? He said the entire week. It's like very, very far, it's for at least a year or two. But you've got your wife, your young wife here, and what? She approves, she wants me to go. She wants me to learn and go, and I will be back in two years, a different person. I said, okay. She, she approves? Yes, she approves. He sent him. And he went really far to a person called the Magid of Mezovich. He was the student of Rabbi Yisrael For two years, he was sending letters and everything. And he arrived after two years. They made him a big party. Everybody was happy, he's back, everything. And his father-in-law was proud. Okay, I've got now, uh, you know, this is now a, it's not a simple person, someone that learned for two years, must be a rabbi now, a, I don't know, a scholar or something. So you asked him, tell me, what, what did you learn? Tell me, what, what, you've got a diploma, how it works, tell me. He said, no, no, no diplomas. Okay, what's your title now? I'm just me, good old Joe, everything's <laughs> Where did you go, tell me? 
he said, to, to, to this big uh, scholar, to this big rabbi. So what did you learn? I don't understand. He said, I learned that everything happens for a reason. He said, oh. Okay, okay, wait here. He said, they had uh, this young lady that was cleaning in their house. Yeah, she wasn't even Jewish. She was the cleaner, the cook. Come here, please. Come, come here. Okay, Maria, tell me, please. <laughs> Things in the world happen for... And she said, for a reason, sir. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn in the Magid of Mesmich, please? No, I was cooking right now. Okay, thank you, Maria. <laughs> Did you hear that? Our home, the, the, the maid, knows that everything is happening for a reason. And you went two years, left your wife here to tell me that? Nobody answered him. She says it. I know it. That's the difference. We say it. Do we know it? Do we live by it? How many times we cry? We complain. We don't want to say curse. We get angry. We get depressed. We want to go under, you know, the blanket and come out in 2,000 years, right? We wake up in the morning and we want to go back to sleep. A person gets up in the morning, another generation, he wants to sleep again. It's like I received enough energy to sleep for more eight hours. Now I feel good, refreshed, let's sleep for eight hours more. What's going on? welcome. What's happening here? So we want to understand a little bit what's happening here and how we can change it. How we can bring light to our lives. Okay, so let's start. Did you hear about a book called The Garden of Amuna? Someone? Yeah. Who did? Let's see. Whoa! Okay. Who wrote it? You know? Not Shalom Arush. Rabbi Shalom Arush. Okay. That's my teacher, my rabbi. So uh, I'm accompanying him for about 14 years now. Wow. I translate him to English, not to, to Spanish. Not to English, yeah. I did the translation to Spanish of his books. And now he asked me to speak in English, so you see, I'm, I'm trying here. So Rabbi Shalom Arush is something very special. I can testify that what he writes in his books, he lives by it. So that's the best part of everything, you know? Because you can write books, I can also write a lot of books, I promise you. There will be, there will be bestsellers, I tell you. But if I don't live by them, I'm just lying to myself. Rabbi Arush lives by what he teaches. And the book, The Garden of the Muna, teaches us how to live a fulfilling life. A life with a purpose. A life in which I know that things happen for a reason. There's no happenstance. There's no coincidence. Everything's got a reason. Everything is a little, you know, part of the big picture. And we can see that, a few examples. We can see it in Jewish history, for example. You know the, you know, Purim? Of course, Purim. Everybody likes Purim, right? Uh, it's amazing because I didn't know that uh, Inspire Tel Aviv is in this building, but uh, I was here in Purim. I was invited from, from another organization that owns the place in Purim. And to get to Tel Aviv in Purim, oh. the way I look, it's very special. <laughs> I tell you, in my past reincarnation, as I told you, I was... I know Tel Aviv good, okay, let's say like that. <laughs> But it's been a while, and I arrived to Tel Aviv to Dizengoff Center, parking there, and I came, you know, hardcore with the hat, everything, the tzitziot, like flying around, like protection. 
I got them through the street, and there was two Tel Avivim, yeah, coming. Both of them looked very friendly together, like a couple, I think. And they, they both got uh, dressed up as the devils. Uh, yeah, they had like this uh, horn <laughs> and the tail and the lights. And I'm kind of like the rabbi, kind of in front of them. And they're looking at me like that, pretty scared. So I smiled, I said, Chag Sameach, Purim Sameach. Purim Sameach. And I passed them, and you once say to the other, Wow, that's some costume this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got dressed for Purim. Thank God they didn't pull my beard, like, it's real, oh, it's real. So I was here, in the, the next building, was, uh, so I'm very excited to be here again. But Purim, what's the secret of Purim? Purim is the weirdest holiday that I can think of. Not about the costumes and the, the, these ears, you eat an ear with things, I don't know, it's very weird. But the story of Purim, if you think about it, what happened in Purim? We were in exile, okay, in Iran. You know, Iran, Ahmadinejad, all that, uh, people, uh, okay, we were in Iran, and there was a decree to kill each and every Jew. It was like in the Holocaust. It was to kill all the Jews. That could be a good thing. Of course not, right? Okay. If that's not enough, one of the most important women of that generation, a tzaddika, a righteous woman, young woman, is a woman, is taken to the palace of that, sorry to say, pervert, Hashverosh, okay, the king. He was a real pervert. She's taken there to that place, you can say kidnapped, because she couldn't say no. Things look really bad. You know how long took the holiday of, of Purim? From the day it started, the decree, until the day we could say we were saved? You know how long it was? Two weeks, a month, Eight, more or less? Yeah, seven years. Seven. What? Nine years. Very good. What's your name? Shachar. Huh? Shachar says nine years. She's right. Who would have thought nine years, right? If you read it in the Megillah, it takes, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. So something that happened in a month or two, right? Nine years to see the results of this terrible tragedy after tragedy. You know, there's a part there that Achashverosh with Esther are inviting Haman, the enemy of the Am Israel, to a great party. You know what the people of Israel thought in that moment? She sold us out. She sold us and she's inviting the enemy Reunion with the Hashverosh to kill us on. The next night, again, she invites him. What happened in the end? The next night, he was, he did a few mistakes and he was killed. The story of Purim shows us that you see an event after an event, event after event, and it's full darkness. Things are just getting worse. But what happens in the end? Salvation. Things turn around, we receive a new holiday. And only in the end, we understand each and every stage of the story. Only in the end of the Megillah, you understand why that happened and that happened. Things that didn't have any connection with one another, they formed this amazing story. The story of Purim is the story of each and every one of us. The tragedies in your life, in my life, the things that went wrong in your life, the terrible relationship you had, the terrible boss you had, I don't know, things you, you've been through in life. Terrible things. Everybody's been through <clears throat> terrible things. If there's something that haunts the person, it's his past. 
Everybody's got a, something, you know, stain in his, you know, in his timeline. Everybody, we're not perfect. But the problem is that we never think it was something good, right? You could say, especially when it happens, and I'm living it right in the moment, it's like the end of the world. You get fired. What am I going to do now? I'm here for, for seven years working. Instead of receiving a bonus or something, I, they, they throw me out. Or a relationship that doesn't work out. Or Each and every one has got a story. You think it's the worst thing that ever happened. You know how many people tell their story years after and they say that same thing they thought was the worst thing in their life was the best blessing in disguise. Like Gadi told us before. It was a blessing in disguise. Do you think you can know it in the moment it happens? Never. We suffer in the moment it happened. And also, 10 years after, when you understand it was a blessing, if someone will tell you, you would repeat it? No, 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 thank you. But you say it was good. Yeah, but thank you, it happened, and now let's continue. So, I think every person can testify he's got something like that in his life. Something, a change, something that happened, that he thought it was the end of the world, and he found out it wasn't so bad, or maybe even helped him. I know people that, they're, uh, they had like a business with a friend, and his friend cheated on them, stole money, and they went to separate ways, and suddenly this person finds himself with nothing. He was robbed, he doesn't have his business, but after years, he created a new business that is, you know, doing a lot of money, and his friend is still there with nothing left. So what do we do? If we have this information beforehand, if we can apply it to the present, we can live better. If we can take past experiences that made us suffer, and we can start thinking a little bit, how can I see a positive thing in what happened before? If we say we think that everything happens for a reason, and almost all of you said, for a good reason. For a good reason. So how can I take this understanding and apply it now? Because if I can apply it now, I can enjoy the present. When a person does something to me, really even a bad thing, or as we say, driving, I won't get angry. Because I know it's for a reason and for a good reason. So I want you to hear what Rabbi Aru says in his book, The Garden of the Moon. And this is the foundation of a healthy spiritual life. He said like, it says this. What we just talked about, it's got one word that defines it. Emuna. You know what is emuna in Hebrew? What do you say? What is the translation of emuna? Faith. Well, faith, right? Faith? You agree? So yes and no. Because emuna in the dictionary will say it's faith. That is a lot a lot of kinds of faiths, right? Jewish faith, other faiths, what faith? Emunah is much more. Who knows a little bit of Hebrew will see that uh, the word Emunah is actually very interesting. What do you say? Lifestyle. Oh, Emunah is a lifestyle, but I want to show you something inside the word Emunah. Emunah, there's a lot of words that surround the word Emunah. They come from that word. For example, when we say Amen, what is a man? Someone blessing. A man. What is that? Why, why say a man? A man comes from the word emet. Emet is truth. 
We testify that what you said, Amen. I agree, it's the truth. So Emunah is truth, one thing. Emunah also, there's a word that comes from the word Emunah, which is Emun. Emun is trust. Emunah faith is also trust, to trust someone, to trust in someone. Emunah is also trust. Also Emun. You know what is Emun? Training. When you go to the gym, you train, also Emunah. You need to train to gain it. People think that others, you know, they, he was born with faith. He's such a believer. Maybe. But it's not true that you were born with it. You need to achieve it. A person can work on himself and receive a degree of emunah that will change his life. He can accept everything in his life with a smile. He can be a positive person. How many times people tell you, be positive? I can't be positive, I'm depressed. What do you mean be positive? You know what happened to me? No, be positive. That's nice to say it, especially when you feel good. But I'm depressed right now. My life, I don't want to tell you where it's, where it's at. So it's very easy to tell others, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. It's a nice song. How can I be happy? How can I do it myself? So it's a work. It's something you need to work for. There's nothing, you know, they say no pain, no gain. Without pain, but with work. We need to understand that. So, let's see how it goes. Rabbi Arush says this, Emuna got three levels. And we'll see how to work on them, to achieve, achieve them as an introduction, so we can start working with ourselves. Except like that. There's basic level Emuna. Basic level Emuna. What is basic level Emuna? The first level is what we said. Things happen for a purpose. There's someone that is let's say the general director. He's like moving things. There's someone that, because if things happen for a purpose, there's someone doing them. So he said like this, this is the firm belief that everything comes from the Creator by way of perfect divine providence, even the tiniest and most seemingly insignificant event. This is what the Creator wants. Whatever happens to me is being sent, its program is exact, coming with a plan. So things are planned. Usually we blame, right? We blame others, we blame ourselves, we blame our mother-in-law, we blame our, I don't know, my, your ex, whatever, right? We blame. Why? Because it's easier to live like that, to blame others. But it's, it's a big lie. It's a big lie because I can control my life if I connect to the source of life. I can be successful in my life. I don't need to blame anyone. I can see the entire world as puppets. I respect everybody, I love everybody, but there's just someone moving them for me. Each and every one of us is a special creation. And there's someone moving all the parts, like in a chess game, for me. For what? For what? Things happen for a reason, right? Right. What reason? So the second level tells us what? It says this, the second level says, in addition to flawless basic emuna, this level is the belief that everything that happens to me is for the best. This is very important, because as we said in the beginning, things happen for a reason, but maybe for a bad reason. A lot of times we feel things happen for a bad reason, and it was my fault. I shouldn't have went that way, I shouldn't have chosen this, we, we, we blame ourselves or others. No, don't blame anyone. 
What happened needed to happen. I did something wrong, I will learn for the next time. But after it happened, it had to happen. Now, maybe it happened for a bad reason. No, the second level tells us it's for a good reason. A good reason. I'm suffering here. I got fired from, from work, or uh, I don't know, my wife left me, shalom, or things happen. How can you say it's good? I want to tell you a little experience I had a few weeks ago. You know there's uh, the flu going around? You heard about it? Did you receive an uh, injection? No? Oh, okay. okay, do you have some? <laughs> no, me also. Relax. But, you know, they told everyone to receive the... How is it? Vac vaccination? What? Vaccine. Vaccine? Vaccine? Vaccine. Vaccine. Vaccine? Vaccine? No, vaccine. Soon. Injection. No drugs. Uh, vaccination. So, uh, there was, you know, everybody was running to Kupat Cholim and all the, the, you know, the material was uh, finished and they brought more. Panic. Now I have a little girl. I have a lot of kids, Bokashem. And one of them, a little girl, uh, she doesn't like uh, the, how do you call that? Uh, Shots. That's all. But how does the machine? Needle. The needle, the injection. She doesn't like it. I don't know why. It's really nice. No, she doesn't like it. So my wife, she had a brilliant idea that I will take her. You understand? Like she couldn't cope with it, so she sent me with her. Now I knew what was waiting for me. I explained my daughter, listen, my dear, you will take your sleeve up. There's a nice lady, I hope. She will, uh, she will come near you. It's one second, you just feel a boop, yeah, and then receive uh, balloons, and I will buy you a Barbie or whatever, a uh, kosher Barbie, uh, whatever, yeah. She said, yeah, 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 okay, it was good. I took her, and things didn't go exactly the way I planned. Uh, the nurse was uh, kind of nervous, and a little bit angry, and I don't know, she, well, never mind, she was uh, a little bit hostile for her reasons, and she arrived with a huge needle, <laughs> and with a face like, you know, Arafat. Like, uh, she was from, uh, when? Never mind. And I took this thing on my daughter, and my daughter looks at her, looks at me and said, Father, there's a terror attack happening here. We need to run. Oh, my slide. Okay. No, no, she's a good lady. She loves you. She just wants to, 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 to save you. It's to help you. She starts screaming, my girl. Father, take me away. She's coming. And she's like, no, no, nice girl, nice girl. <laughs> and she smiled with a grin. I got scared. I was afraid she was stuck in me. And what did I do? I held my girl with all my power. And my girl was looking at me like, what's going on? And she arrived. Now they have a thing, these nurses, that they can never find the, the blood vessel. She said, one, two, three. And I'm like, ah! And I'm like, oh, you want me to do it? Maybe I will find it better. And she's doing it. In the end, she found the blood vessel. She gave it. My daughter didn't speak to me for at least a week and a half. For her, I was like Abu Bakr al Baghdad, if you know who it is, or Hitler. For her, I was like the worst, terrible, person in the world. And she was right. Instead of helping her to run away, I was scared too, just now. <laughs> Instead of running away, I was holding her with all my power. And she received the shots. She's right. I made her suffer. I, 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 you know, her trust was lost. I have a question. 
When will my little girl? Now we're speaking already. Don't be relaxing. See, people crying. No. When will my my little girl understand what I did for her? Can you tell me? When, when will it happen? When what? She, when she grows up. Oh, when she grows up, right? When she'll become a mother and needs, will have to take her child, she will understand, right? So what she's lacking now? What was she's lacking in that moment? What was missing that she doesn't have right now and she will have in, I don't know when? Information. Information. Knowledge, exactly. And even if I will explain to her, she can't understand it right now. Because she's a little girl. For her, she sees the reality. The reality is bad. Her father, her loving father, is a small Nazi. And now, things are over. She will grow up, she will understand. He saved my life. There was the flu. It was terrible. People died. He took me. He was feeling pain more than me. Yeah. That's exactly what we're talking about. When we suffer in life, there's actually someone holding us really strong. Because it's something we need to go through. We got to live past this experience. Why? Now I can't tell you why. It's terrible. It, it hurts. It's shaking me. But one day, I will understand. But I can understand also now. Maybe it's not right to say I will understand. But if I have this knowledge that I don't understand, but it's good for me, just like my little child, then I will be able to take it in a different way. I will be able not to enjoy it maybe, but to be strong and to pass to the next mission and not get stuck in my depression because I got fired or I can't find my soulmate or I don't have kids yet or whatever. I understand it's part of a plan. There's someone, there's a big father there that's holding me not to harm me, not to do me wrong, to help me. I can't enjoy it right now, but I can understand and have the knowledge that it's for my very best. So that's the second level. Gadi, what do you say there? Um, if someone has done something very bad and then gets punished, this is also like you can uh, interpret, interpret it, interpret it. Is a good thing. Is a good thing. What do you mean get punished? Why? What? By, by police? By by uh, heaven? What do you mean? Like spiritual thing or in this world, like a thief going to jail? Well, no. So punished from heaven. Exactly. Did wrong and now he's suffering because of his wrong deeds. Yes. Do Can you we? Think, uh, do you think? I mean, you, you're suffering and uh, maybe you are sentenced to die. To you didn't eat sushi tonight. <laughs> people with the sushi are very optimistic. <laughs> I understand. I would try to repeat your question. Tell me if I, I got it right. God is asking a very strong question. He's asking, maybe, I don't know, maybe I did something wrong. I might know it, I might not know it. So he said, in the spiritual world, there's punishments, right? We grew up knowing that there's someone there with a stick waiting to punish us, right? So maybe I'm suffering, it's part of a punishment. Who knows what punishment I may, may receive, right? Okay. So let's do some order here. 
The concept of punish in Judaism, hold yourself tight, doesn't exist. What do you say about that? Doesn't exist. What do you say? Confirms, no? It's a, no, there can't be. It's good. Let's, let's replace. But we, we sometimes hear that word. Retribution, punishment. So what's going on? So, we, let's stop using the word punishment. Let's use the word rectification. When you drive, you have a waste. You use waste, yeah? Israeli invention? Can you, can't you not use waste? Okay, you use waste. It tells you to go right here, to go left there, and you don't listen to the waste lady, right? She says, turn left, and you I won't turn left. You won't tell me what to do. <laughs> Even my wife doesn't. Oh, my wife, yes, doesn't. You know, you know there was this wife told her husband, how is it that the, the, the woman in the waist, you always listen to her and to me not? He says, because when I do something wrong, you shout at me, and she tells me we're changing the tracks, everything's okay. That's exactly the thing. When you, you, you turn to the right way, or the wrong turn, the waist lady doesn't scream at you. I told you, and your mother was like that. I was like, no. She said, nothing happened. We're changing now the direction. Everything's okay. We're going to reach there two minutes more. N nothing happened. When we're wrong in life, it's no punishment. We just receive a new, a new, how do you say? Direction. Direction to how to get, how to reach the place we want to reach. That's all. We use punishment because like little children, you need to tell them, don't do that. Why? Because, no, no, no. Because if not, we don't understand. So sometimes the word punishment is used, but it's, it's wrong. It makes people scared. It's definitely not for our generation. And that's why in the Hasidut that we talked about, and you see also in the books of Musal, we're not speaking that anymore because now we can have the knowledge it's for our best. A father will make his son or his daughter suffer, a normal father, not the ones we hear in the news. A normal father wants his daughter or his son to suffer? Of course not. He's willing to suffer himself and not see his child cry. But sometimes, for the best of the child, when the child decides that when mommy is cooking and she went a second to, I don't know, to another place and he really wants to put his finger, you know, in electricity or in the fire because it's really shiny and he does it one time and two times and in, in my time, again, David, they already know you there. You come every time and you burn. So one time you tell her, next time you, you reach this thing, I will give you one or I will do this to you. Want to, to make her suffer? No, you just want to stop your son or daughter from doing something worse. It's not punishment, it's just helping the child, just like the injection, to save him from a terrible thing. So, when we try to see life in this way, everything changes. Things are directed, they're for a reason and for a good reason. But there's another level one. One more level left. We said the basic level is everything comes from the Creator for a reason. Second level, the reason is a good reason. You need to know it's for your good. It's for the best. Even though you can't feel it now, it looks like a terrible thing. But you need to know it. But the upper level, the Muna, says that in addition to solid basic and the second level, the Muna, the upper level individual belief, beliefs 
that everything happens for a specific purpose with a message for me. Not only it happens guided from above, not only it's for my best, there's also something to teach me. There's also a message to make me grow. Not only to, you know, give me a good thing in life, no, to make me grow, to learn. A person that has spiritual awareness, he learns from everything that happens in his life. Start thinking. Okay, why did this happen? What can I learn from this? Okay, everything happen, happens from above. Okay, but what can I learn to be better the next time? How can I change from this experience? And this is so important because this is called to grow. We're in this planet to grow. You know, what's the difference between a man and an animal? What's the difference between us and some cats or dogs? We both eat, yeah, we, we sleep. What's the difference? The difference is if we're doing something with our lives. We want to grow. We want to do, to become better. From bitter to better. Stop being bitter and feeling all the time bitter and this is enough. We want to be better. What do you say? I wanted to ask you. Uh, you were telling about the example of the father, yeah. um, but the difference is uh, your daughter could speak to you and you could mm. tell her why are you doing it. And yeah. even if she doesn't understand, she will remember you telling her. One day. Okay. But we yes. don't have this answer. The difference is we just don't know. Like, no, nobody can tell us. Even if you will go to maybe spiritual guide, rabbi, whatever, he also doesn't know. He may assume, he may think. Right. So, What's your how name? do you know, Abigail? Abigail. Abigail saved the class. <laughs> she gave a very strong question. Right? Abigail is saying, with all due respect, the father that is holding his little girl, and she's screaming, and this lady is giving her the injection, and the father says, it's for your best and everything, don't worry, be happy, blah, blah, blah. She can speak to you. She heard you say it. In 20 years, she will understand and remember what her father said. But we're in darkness. With all due respect. I don't see anyone here holding me or speaking to me, right? Maybe yes, maybe not. That's exactly the test. Because Judaism tells us to someone speaking to us. We're not left in the darkness. I want to ask you, Am Israel, the people of Israel, is this normal? Can it be statistically that we survived everything we've been through? You know how many empires, empires, not talking to, about the small, you know, small family, small, survived all the years? Where did the, the Roman Empire? Where is the ancient Egypt? Where are the Greeks? Not the one with the bouzouki today. Where are the Greeks? The real Greeks. Where are they? Disappeared. What's, what is the secret of the Jewish nation? What held us through all the tragedies, holocausts, uh, inquisitions? Uh, you know, the, the, the list is, it, it doesn't end. There was one thing. We had a Muna. We had a Muna. A Muna, when you work on it, and I will give a little receipt to conclude, how to be able to achieve emuna in a way that it's tangible. You can feel the presence of someone guiding you. And that gives you the power to go through everything, like our nation did. 
That's the secret. That we are here today, tonight. It, it, it's not, you can't take it for granted. We're not supposed to be here. The thing that we've been through, the gas chambers, how can we be here today? I, I really ask you. There was a massive murder machine. Germans, right? You know Germans? Germans are like very, very precise and exact. You can't say it was, I don't know, Bedouins. They're like, they're precise. It was a machine. How can it be that we're here today? How could there be a sole survivor to that killing machine? And even with all of that, that we still have the faith that we're here. We've got our symbols, the Magen David. Ah, oh, we should have been now, I don't know, like... So there's a secret. It's our secret and that is actually the secret that we need to share with the entire world. That's what is meant to be a light to the nations. We're not supposed to be only a light for ourselves, also for the nations. But if we don't know the light, we can't shine for the nations also. <laughs> if we don't have that light. So Emuna is to feel like that daughter in the hands of her father. King David says, I feel like a baby in his mother's arm when I'm with you. Are you serious? It's just poetry, right? It's just said it to write it in the Psalms. Because Psalms, no, he felt it. He felt in every movement that he's in the hands of his father in heaven. Like a baby feels safe in his mother's arms. How do you reach it? How do you, how do, you do it? So it's, it's, you need to work. You need to work on it. What's the work? Well, let's give three stages to do it. And each and every one, if he chooses to do it, can do it in his home and change his life. But it's a work. You need to work for it. You know, in Hebrew we say, especially after Hanukkah, when you eat the donuts, the sukhanyon, everybody feels that he needs to lose weight. It doesn't matter if you're fat, you're thin. Everybody feels that he needs a change. So in Hebrew we say, uh, when you want to do a diet, for example, you say, lehoridetabetin. You understand what it means? It means to take down your, your belly. Take it down. So it disappears. So this man went to, the, to a coach in the gym and said, can you take down my belly? I want to take it off. He said, of course, but I want something very easy. I don't have time and no patience for this. All these uh, machines, it looks like the Inquisition, all these machines, not for me. Give me something easy. He said, no problem. I want you to, to give you a very nice diet. In the morning, I give you three sets. In the morning, you need to eat, you need to eat three cakes, really good chocolate cakes. Three cakes in the morning. That sounds good, right? When in the afternoon, in the afternoon, I want you to eat meat, you know, but greasy meat, really good, it's greasy meat. Wow, that's amazing. And at night, again, three cakes. So, and that would take off my stomach. I said, yeah, we'll take it down till the floor. You know, <laughs> there's no easy ways. You want to take down your stomach. We'll go down, don't worry. We need to know there's a work to do. But it's a pleasant work. What is the work? To reach Amuna, we need to know that it needs to be tangible. It needs to be something that I can feel. So the practice is very easy. You heard about the concept of prayer, probably. It's not a prayer around, I'm like talking to the air. What, what, what is this? It's, it's, it's something religious. It's like a ceremony, right? No. We need to understand. How did the Creator create the world? We see in Genesis. How did He create the world? Words. Speaking, right? Let there be light, and there was light. Let there... Why, was it, why did He create the world? And let us know that He created the world with His 
speaking power. Why not like Harry Potter? Boom! He made like a magic, boom! There's mountains, boom! There's this, bam, bam, bam! No, he spoke. Why? Because the power of speaking, yeah, it's a power that creates. <coughs> we need to understand that we can change our entire world, spiritual world, interior world, with our mouth, speaking. So the first thing we need to do, emuna means that I speak with the one who created me. But he doesn't answer, <laughs> I'm speaking to the air. We can ask him to show us that he listens to me. That's one of the things that you can ask the creator. People say, no, we, we shouldn't test him, right? Don't put him to the test. Rabbi Aru said, put him to the test. Is there something stuck in your life for a long time? Doesn't matter in what. Start with something small that is annoying you. And you, you learn to live with it. Start asking for that. I've got my knee, something bad with my knee, it's annoying me. Start asking. Creator, I can't see you. I'm not even sure you exist. But if you exist, help me to get to know you. Please help me to get to know you. I'm asking you. You created me. You gave me the power of speech. I want to use it just like you created the world. I'm using it to create my world. My, help me to believe in you. No one needs to hear you. You can do it in your car. You can do it in the middle of traffic. Speak to him. Time after time with patience. Put it to the test. It's allowed. It sounds like, what are you doing? In the moment you start doing it, but in a simple way, not like, I'm waiting to, to see if you do it. Like, open the heaven, I want to see, I don't know, aliens, and I don't know. No, I want to have a palace here. No, do it with simple things. You will see things are starting to change in your life. You said you believe that things happen for a reason, right? You said you believe that after everything, it's for a good reason. The someone that is doing all of this. You can't say you are a believer. I believe I have a wife. Okay, what do you mean you believe in you have a wife? I believe she exists. Okay, did you ever speak to her? No? So, what do you mean you believe you have a wife? When you have, you believe in something and it's real, you speak to it, you have a relationship with it. The secret of the Jewish nation is a relationship with the creator of the world. You need to create this relationship. No one will create it for you. I'm waiting for a sign. I do something about it. The power of Israel is written everywhere, is the power of speech. That's why I learned a little bit of Torah, so that Bil'am was the enemy of Israel. He tried to fight us with our own tool. Cursing, using his speech power to go against us. The power of speech is the first thing we need because the world was created with the power of speech. Create your own world, speaking to the Creator, asking for help. Help me feel your presence. How many times did we see that things happen in such a coincidence that, you know, you, you say, it can't be. And then another coincidence. And I, no, it's coincidence, 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 happenstance. No, we said, we see someone is programming this. So speak to him. Making a part of your life. I want to tell you a little story, and with that, we will conclude. A little story that I heard. And I think it's got a big, a big message. You know, you might ask, you might ask, you might ask me, and who says he's listening to me? Why would he listen to me? Maybe, it's a good question. With all due respect, 
like there's millions of people, animals, why would he listen to me? Okay, you say speak to him and put him to the test. Speak with him. Why would he listen to me? So you know, there was once a professor in the university. He was a physicist, he was with, with formulas in his head all day. It was, it's a hard job. He decided to go to the beach a little bit to, to get some air, to refresh himself. He wanted to do a little walk. And he saw a group of children playing in the sand, playing, jumping, children. But then he noticed there was a little child that was apart from everyone. He was standing at the shore, looking, looking far away. And then he said, hey, kid, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you not playing with all the other friends? Why are you here alone? It's not good for you. He said, no, I'm waiting. Did you hear about the big ship that is arriving? Yeah, everybody knows about it. There's a big ship arriving today to the shore. He said, of course I know about it. But what it has to do with you? No, nothing. I'm just waiting until I see the ship. And I want to wave hello to the captain. I want to wave to him for, to say hello to the captain. <laughs> you want to say hello? Okay, listen, listen, kid. I'm a professor. You know, I've got, you know, I've got a tie. I've got a title. It's not good for you. you know, you're going to be a social outcast. Go play with everyone. The captain is a very busy man. He needs to, I don't know how you call it, park the, 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 the ship. Yeah, he needs to, to, to throw the anchor, you know, he needs to, to shut down the motors. He's got a lot on his head. He's not going to look at a little child waving hello to him. He's not going to do it. Go play with the, with the friends, please. Don't do nonsense. I'm helping you here. The kid told him, no, sir. You're wrong. Excuse me? No, you're wrong. What do you mean I'm wrong? I will tell you. The ship will arrive shortly. And I'm going to wave to the captain. And you know what will happen? Not only the captain will look at me, will look at me, but he will also wave hello to me back. What? Yes. You know why? Because the captain is my father. Uh. The captain is my father. He's looking for me. He's waiting to see me. When you understand that you are unique, you are the single daughter of the Creator. You are the single son, the only son of the Creator. That's what is called Ashgacha Pratit. We call it uh, divine providence, it sounds too. Ashgacha Pratit means there's a specific, specific supervision on you. Specific for your needs. To bring you to where you need to arrive and achieve. We came to this world with a body that is just a vehicle to take our souls and develop it to become what we need to become. So we use our body but to elevate our souls. The captain is my father. The captain of the world is my father, is your father. He wants to listen to me. He wants to hear me. He wants to have a relationship with his son. He wants us more than anything in the world. But we're like, no, you know my past, you know what I, what I did, you know where I was. But father doesn't care. He will help you even fix what you did. But be in contact with him. And when you start practicing this, having every day a personal conversation with your father, Take a time to tell him everything that's on your heart, all the problems, all the things you want to achieve, your dreams, you speak with him, you make him a part of your life. We're not talking in a religious way, just the way of a, 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 a kid talking to his father. You will see that you'll start feeling his presence and then you will be able to use the power of Emuna that comes from tefillah, from prayer, you'll be able to use it in the 
biggest challenges of your life. You will feel safe, you will feel protected, you will feel there's someone there accompanying you to your big success. So I want to give you a little bracha that each and every one of you, everyone with this little package that he carries, all of us has a package that we want to throw away or want to develop, that we will find success, you will grow spiritually and uh, also materially. Uh, parnasa, you know what is Parnasa? Kaching, kaching, you will have everything you